Hello everybody and welcome back into Cult Film Cafe Does Halloween. This is episode 2 of this special and I am joined as always with my partner in crime, Kenzie McLean. Hello. So yeah, on this episode we will be looking at the psychological horror film Saw, directed by arguably one of the biggest names in the last 20 years in the horror genre, Mr. James Wan. started calling him the Jigsaw Killer. Looks like our friend Jigsaw likes to book himself front row seats to his own sick little games. You can be the one who put me in this room! We're gonna have to work together if we want to get out of here. What is it, sweetie? There's a man in my room. What are you doing to them, you bastard? Most people are so ungrateful to be alive. Not you. Not anymore. To overcome something, you have to understand what a perfect engine it is. He doesn't want us to cut through our chains. He wants us to cut through our feet. Sick bastard. Yes, I'm sick, officer. There's a way out of here! There's a way out of I'm sick of it all! We're out of time. So let's dive right into it. This is James Wan's feature directorial debut. He had a feature-length film before this, but it was never ever released co- commercially. Um, it's based on a 2003 short film that James Wan and Lee Winnell, is that how you say his name? I would say Winnell. So yeah, and it's the first in a series of how many, how many soft films have we got now? Eight, nine, ten? Well, if you actual, include all the extras. I mean, so if you just do the like the ones that are just called Saw, it's seven. But if you then include Jigsaw and uh, Spiral, it's what nine. But James Wan does what James Wan does, and he dips in for one film, creates a franchise, and leaves, and nobody can ever regain the heights of him behind the camera. So yeah. Um, this is really weird because I just want to say that I've seen Saw 2, never ever seen Saw 1 until now um, to do the podcast. So yeah, this is quite a weird one. And I'm a purist, I never ever start franchises in the middle or somewhere that's not number one. So yeah, um, I was really excited about this, Kenzie. I think people had built this up as if to say, this isn't your typical horror film it's maybe more along what you would like because it's yeah it's it seemed it did it did seem that way actually like watching trailers kind of reading about it but there's a big big reason why I don't like this film and we'll get to that very very soon but you really like this film I do uh, I saw I saw it was a franchise that I just stayed away from 
like I like I don't mind violence and like films and like that. You know, I, I kind of like I, I'm happy for it. I, I do like a bit of gore. I'm a big fan of Evil Dead, so very body gore I do like, but um, kind of more realistic kind of gore. I'm not the biggest fan of, and Saw. I've always heard Saw to be quite bad, so I never really wanted to. But I decided to go fuck it, and a couple of years ago I started watching through them. Watched like the first three, and I was kind of surprised to see that the first. There's a bit. It's a bit weird. The Saw, the Saw franchise is known for being very, very grotesquely violent, and that is it's understandable why that is. But actually, the first film is not. It's actually I feel like the first one was very different from a lot of the other ones. So yeah, Ken's right. Not really massive bits of gore. The film has got. I really like the way this film opens. Yes. Um. It's literally a couple of title cards, then there's one of the main characters is submerged in water in a bathtub. And then, obviously, pulls the plug, gets out, you know. And then we are thrust in. See, it's very... This is why the one... This is why I like films like this. Because you're in straight away. Yes. Th- this is going to sound quite weird for people because I've and on the main podcast that we do, I've had a bit of an issue with certain films not having enough backstory for the characters. Yes, but the reason why I'm forgiven about this is the way that this film is edited, Absolutely. and the way that they they do it. Us as a viewer, real time, are in the room with the two protagonists, Doctor Lawrence Gordon, and then you've got Adam Stanhite. Yes, who is the other person? So we are Adam's the person you see submerged, gets out, and then. He hears the room's dark. Hears somebody else, and then the lights come on, and they're in this. What? Well, I don't know what kind of room that is as well. Don't know what you would it's call it. It's kind of like a weird like bathroom. An operator th- operation theater kind of bathroomy kind of public toilety. I don't know what it is. It's very odd. It's a weird room. Kind of shower room. But film. It's kind of like a shower room. Yeah. Yeah. Um. So the film opens there, and they're both chained at opposite ends of the room. It's a great start, because you don't know anything about the characters. No. But, as the film goes along, you figure it more and more and more, and like by the end of it, it all, it all comes together, and it actually starts making a lot of sense. I, I, I really... I, my, one of my favourite parts about the film is not just... It's, it's actually not the part of them being in the room, it's all the parts outside of that, where you get to see... Yeah. I wasn't expecting to see so much outside when I first watched it, like outside of like that room, like seeing all the stuff back in time and stuff like that. They're like my favourite parts, especially the parts for like Danny Glover and stuff like that, with who see Detective Tap, that's his name. I, I really like those moments as well. It's just really it's really interesting. You uh, have to have that, otherwise the film doesn't work. Yes. Well you don't really have a film if you don't have that really. Because essentially what we see when the lights come on and then they see each other, it's the the game starts essentially. It's when yes. the game very very quickly they get a message and they've got a time limit was it six hours yes complete the task and am i right in saying that it was to get one of them to kill the other it's it's really weird from the perspective of adam it doesn't seem to really say anything for him but for the doctor yeah from right from the start it's it's kind of you kills kill adam but for Adam, it's never actually. I don't know if I don't know if Adam ever actually gets a 
a thing for him to do. Hmm. Uh, which is kind of weird. I, I feel so, like yeah. I feel like the, the test is mainly for the Doctor, not Adam. Right. Uh, because the more I think about it, the whole point is like Jigsaw, I don't, the, the Jigsaw, the kind of killer in the, in the film, is that he's not doing this for random reasons. He's not just killing people for like putting people in torture chambers because he likes torturing them. He's putting them on for a specific reason, and that is people who he thinks are not appreciating their life, and he puts them into these horrible things. To try and because he wants to see he wants to see them live he wants to see them because by by his logic if they escape if they appreciate life and are happy to be alive and know know what they've got what they're like what they have um that's kind of the whole right. thing well, that's fine because it, I would say that Adam and Doctor Gordon I think that is as if they if they'd done it right I think both of them could have survived this. Yes, it um, seems it seems to be the way, but and for the most part, it does seem that people can get out. What I would say though is, there's the the girl who's got the bear trap. Yes. Well, her dilemma is: do I kill somebody else to save myself? Pretty much. Which that that means that he does want people to kill, or people to be killed. And it's I, I, only because he is dying that he's doing this because his life's been taken away from him. Yeah, it's I mean, really. If he didn't have gi- terminal cancer, he probably wouldn't have turned into Jigsaw. Yeah, it's like Jigsaw is definitely like, he's he's trying to he wants to see these people live, but he, he's definitely jealous. It's a an envious thing. He knows he doesn't have. He knows he's not got long, and he he's trying to show people like what it's like to feel like that way. And make them when they can get out of that show, like they, they'll appreciate life more. Yeah, he, he doesn't seem to. He doesn't mind if people die because, like, with that one with the woman, he, I don't know who the guy. They never explained who the guy was or where he came from, so nope. we know nothing about him. But the whole point, it was he obviously was mainly focusing on her, as she was a junkie, and he was trying to show that you should have actually, like, you know properly appreciate your life and not throw your life away doing this uh, it's, there's, a, there's a few other people that you see in traps but none of them make it out bar her um, there was a guy who attempted to commit suicide and Jigsaw then puts him in the trap to say well let's see if you actually do want to survive, he doesn't but he clearly wanted to and stuff like that It's so yeah it, it's very weird um with the the kind of two main people, I don't know about Adam. A- Adam's just seems to be a kind of it's it's not as simple with him, but with uh, the Doctor, I mean, he's I, I I don't know. I think I I think Jigsaw has a bit of a vendetta against the Doctor specifically since the Doctor was treating him. Yeah, his surgeon. And he, he felt that, I don't know if he felt like he wasn't taking it too seriously or. Well, what was he meant to do with somebody uh, who had? I mean, he had he had a, he had he had colon cancer that spread to his brain. Like, what is the doctor meant to do? Give him a pill to make him better? Yeah, that's my so, biggest problem. And it's like he thinks. I think the thing is, is I think people assumed that the doctor had done loads of wrong things when, in reality, you see that he didn't. Like he he, he did almost seems like he yeah. almost what, but he never, almost cheated, but he actually didn't. Nope. He does seem a bit weird with his like he obviously puts a lot into his work I think than more than his family I think he's 
being in the trap made him realize that what he should have been focusing on and stuff like that mm-hmm. i guess but um with adam adam was just a photographer well i guess somewhat of a well, private investigator i guess I don't uh, really think he was a private investigator. I oh, think just he a was genuinely a photographer yeah. who then, as we later find out, got paid by Detective Tap to take pictures of to follow Doctor Gordon and take pictures of him. Yes. So, which is really weird because Adam, when you see him wake up in that, he says it's like you, he they've never met before. It's only further down the film you realise that Adam's in in some form of angle here. Yes. Because the reason is, is that Detective Tap never gives up the case, even though he's like put on leave, or you know, after he's after what happened with his neck, he's probably medically discharged, probably. But he still wants to. He's still working on it. It's like it's one of these detectives who's not giving up until he catches the killer. And I get that that detectives are probably like that. Um. But yeah, so that's how Adam gets involved. A couple of yes. weird things, though. There's a couple of weird editing choices that I quite like in this film. Is when you see the time happen, not in the main story, but in the flashbacks. Um, when people are in the traps, they they speed it up, and it's yeah. like they, it's like it's like insinuating that they're losing their mind. It's, it's like really super weird. sped up. It is really really weird, and, and it's the, the same yeah. way the pig. It's the same when they, they get killed. Like, that happens and it's really, really quick, so they speed that up as well. Yeah, it's, it's really, like, uh, the one that always jumps out is, is when um, the woman's in the in, in the chair in the reverse bear trap and she starts, like, shaking about and the camera's, like, spinning round mm-hmm. and it looks mental. But yeah, it's, 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 to, yeah. it's to make the audience feel uneasy. It's a real, real good technique. Um, yeah. It's really, really smart. I quite like that. I mean, with films like this that have a relatively small budget, they have to use different things to to help like sort of make the audience feel a certain way and that definitely works the bit i mean there's a couple of jump scares in this i never jump i just realized that they were there to be jump scares and it was the the main one really is when adam gets kidnapped or gets caught because when he goes into his apartment it's all dark that's the whole point and then he's walking about because he can hear something and he's flashing his camera and it's the only kind of thing you see eventually he sees a mini jigsaw puppet or whatever it is a marionette whatever you want to call it and then he beats it up and then boom like out of nowhere it's like pig pig head gets accelerated really quickly and i think that's why it's maybe a jump scare is because the way that they've edited it as well yes Um, so yeah um, really, really cool. Really like that. Yeah, that's really, really good work done there, in my opinion. Um, but yeah, I fucking hate, hate, hate this end to the film. Turns out that the body in the middle of the room isn't dead. And it's actually Jigsaw. And he gets up at the end and he walks out the room. It's so ass like. It's such <laughs> a terrible ending. I really hate this ending. I like this film, but the ending's just, just fucked me off so much. I also want to point out that 
if I was woke up in a room with a dead body with a gun next to him, I would make sure the guy was fucking dead. How would you check? I don't know. Like, like you couldn't check, check a pulse. You couldn't. Pulse. You couldn't. You couldn't check his pulse because the, the chain wasn't long enough. They could hardly reach the cassette tape or the gun. The only the only part you could check his pulse was after um, the doctor got his head, uh, foot cut off, which was already so much so intense. Fair. I get. I get how it works because they're, they're in restraints, but you know. I'd maybe like flung something big and heavy at his head and make sure that he was actually dead, you know, like <laughs> I know you're laughing, but I know he's made to look dead. It's just yeah, there's obviously more moving parts to these these sort of puzzles, you know. And he staged yeah. himself. Uh, also how long was Doctor Gordon in the room? Before Brian wakes up, you Brian, Adam wakes up. You don't really know. No. Because he's already there and kind of seems as if he knows what's going on, but you don't. It's yeah, you're obviously they obviously don't know as well. So it's it's obviously a narrative mechanic, you know, to disorientate people as well. But yeah, but yeah. It actually, turns out though, what really annoys me is obviously I've never been put in these situations, but most of the time in these films it turns out that the solution to the puzzle is very very simple if you keep your cool we find that out at the end because jigsaw gets up and says the key to the chain is in the bathtub but it's no longer in the bathtub because he panicked at the start unplugged the water and the keys went down the drain yep whereas if he just woke up and went right i'm in a bit of shitter here keep calm let's sort it out he could have maybe he could have freed himself right at the start. It's kind of it's, 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 yeah, it's weird. I don't know. Yeah, Ob- I, I, obviously, obviously, Adam is just a pawn in the game. That's why he probably had an out, like a key available. The main you, person that was Doctor Gordon that they wanted to put through the sort of ringer, so to speak. Like. I mean, of course, Jigsaw just leaves him in there. But like, see if he didn't try and like try and shoot him. Do you think Jigsaw maybe would have let him out, or do you think nah, he was just always going to be stuck? I don't know. It's the way it's written, though, and it's fucking the end, man. Like, the, what he says at the end, game, game over. over. Slams the door shut. <laughs> yeah, cool end. Um, slams the door shut. But I mean, so yeah, I have said what I like about this film. Some I really have, cool, yeah. cool, cool things about the film. It's really, really, relatively small budget. It's a really, really cool film, and there's a reason, obviously, why James Wan is so lauded in terms of horror movies, and even to this day. Um, yeah. But he's also capable of helming big productions in terms of things like Aquaman and stuff like that. Has he not done a fast movie as well? He did, didn't he? I think he done a fast film as well, a fast mm. franchise. So yeah. Just shows you that he can. Like, there's, I think, I think sometimes a lot of directors find it difficult to jump from sort of small budget to he done Fast Seven or Furious. Does he seven. do Fast? Furious fast seven. seven. Yeah, that's like one. People seem as like one of the best ones. It's one of the yeah. highest rated ones. Oh, it seems as though he has a love for this genre because the majority of his films are horror styled or, or in the horror sort of bracket so yeah um, there's some absolutely fine it's a really well written film I mean it was based on a short um, that James Wan and Adam Lee Lee Winnell 
the guy who plays Adam, which is surprising. The main one of the main characters is one of the writers as well. So yeah. And I think they actually work quite a lot together. I think he's been writing um and and some other of the sort of horror stuff that James Wan has created also. Um so yeah. It's a good film. Um at the ending fucking sucks ass though. Um I really I should have many it. horror films. It's just it's just ruined it's just ruined a really good film for me. Um there's not really much like because it's such a small budget. There's not really much we can dive into and sort of like. There's some really cool stuff that they do. There's, it's really a technically proficient film. There's not really a bad thing about it in terms of technical, and they do some cool editing sort of post production stuff that actually works to intensify, you know, the uneasiness of the audience, you know, the viewer, which is really really cool. Especially yeah. when you've got such a limited budget, it's cool to see them kind of see what they can do. Um, but yeah, uh, I mean, I'm quite surprised. Like one point two million budget, and 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 the return on this film, yeah, one hundred and three point nine million. Yeah, that that is that is more than a hundred times. That's so funny. Imagine that. Imagine being able to say, "Yo, I made a film that made a hundred times what it was worth." Um, it's not actually, yeah, it's not like the film that's made the most money. But no. talking about its original budget to how much it made, it's so funny. Just, just cause it's such a since it is such a small budget and to how much it made, it's like a hundred times the budget. It's so funny. I'm happy it did make money, and I'm happy that James Bond got us make other films because I think he gets better from this film. And I, I mean, I also do really like this film. Uh, Spoiler alert, people! There's more James Wan films coming up on this series that we're doing. Thanks to Kenzie, he has done quite a lot of the big horror films of the two thousands um, and two thousand tens. It it was the most profitable horror film since Scream, which came out in ninety six. Well, at the time, I don't know if it still stands like that. Obviously, Blair Witch done a lot in terms of a small budget as well. That made quite a lot of money. Um, I'm sure there was something. I was reading where it, it um, yeah, so they, they had inspiration. So after finishing film school, Australian director James Wan and Australian writer Lee Winnell, I'm calling him Winnell, I don't know, Wanell, I don't know. How would you say his name? Wanell, uh, I, I would go with Winnell, I would think yeah. that. Wanted to write and fund a film. So, and they gained inspiration that they needed came after watching low-budget independent film The Blair Witch Project, which I think for a lot of people in the horror spectrum look at Blair Witch and go, if, if a film like that can be done and make loads of money, then, yeah. I mean, Blair, <laughs> The Blair Witch Project had a $200,000 budget, $200,000-$500,000 budget, and its worldwide gross to this day is $248.6 million. Jesus. So, yeah, this is it. Kenzie didn't want to have Blair Witch on here, which I'm kind of sad about because I feel like it's the OG found footage film. But we have a found footage film coming up at some point that you will likely have seen if you're into horror movies. But I just wanted to touch on the budget before we wrap this up. You were saying it had a $1.2 million budget. Yes. They initially only had $30,000 to spend on the film. (laughs) Really? Yep. But wow. as, the script, as the script developed, 
it was obviously it became more clear that they needed much much more money so yeah so they had a lot of deals that fell through I don't really want to bore you with the spiel but it took a bit of time um, so this was they were doing this sort of in the early 2000s and it wasn't until sort of 2003 where they eventually managed to put something into works so it was given a pro production budget of between 1 and 1.2 million but like my sister said on the Hard Candy episode of the main podcast I think a lot of big companies are willing to take a chance at a small budget and they don't and that's where I think a lot of these films that sort of straddle weird lines kind of get made because it's such a small budget they're not mm. really losing much you know even yeah. if they market a wee bit how much are they really losing it's probably a write-off really for these big distributors but what happens if you get a film like this that does 100 million you go that's a lot of profit so so yeah i just wanted to bring that up so yeah we're going to swiftly end the podcast where we say what we like dislike and we'll give our ratings out of five popcorn buckets i will start on this one i really really was excited to watch this film um, I, I was putting it off for a while. I'm not really into horror films. Um, so, yeah, I'm glad it was on the list when we started to sort of make a list of films to do during this special that we're doing here on the podcast. And when I was watching it, I was really engrossed. Um, I've watched that a couple of times, which is a good sign um, for me if I can watch it a couple of times. But I still, still, still cannot over get, get over the ending of this film. It has ruined it, ruined it, ruined it for me. But yeah, there's a lot of great stuff in here. You kind of knew that James Wan was going to go on to be a good director. This is a really, really strong feature film. Um, yeah, and obviously he's got a partnership with somebody who he's worked with for a long period of time and he has continued to work with going on. And yeah, I like Carrie Elwes in this film. I think he does really well. His acting becomes a bit ropey towards the end. It's a bit of a weird sort of one where he's cut his foot off, but I suppose, yeah, how you meant to act, how you meant to know what it feels like when you cut your foot off if you've never actually done it. Um, yeah, it's funny. Uh, acting's relatively strong. They're the two main characters. It's kind of, it was kind of nice to see Danny Glover again. Um, but he's definitely too old for that shit. <laughs> um, yeah, but yeah. And that, that was another thing. I was scratching my brain because I recognised uh, Detective Singh. He's in Russia. And I was like, I knew oh. that. I knew that face. He was the body in Russia. So, yeah. Um, yeah. Not really much more to say on it. It's a really, really well-written film. Really, really cool. Some cool techniques. I like the way that it opens. It's a really strong opening. I like the way that they do the flashbacks to build backstory and context. It's That is a great mechanic if you know me you know i love non-linear narrative films so this hits that perfectly for me because it's chopped up though it isn't as much as something like a pulp fiction or a memento it really is sort of chopped up um yeah that is another big big tick for me like i said some of the editing choices the music's really good and the sort of everything else around it apart from the ending which is an absolute terrible ending for me so with that being said, I will give Saw a strong 3 out of 5. This could have been so much more. I really wanted to give it 4 or maybe 4.5. I was never getting 5. But nah, the ending, it killed it. It was up until that point, I was like, I'm going to give this at least a 4. 
bit now. I'm I'm striking a whole a whole one popcorn bucket just for the ass ending. And re- well, re- to be honest with you, the ending's only really about a, a minute or two as well, which is even worse, but that's how much it ruined my experience of this film. But yeah, that's me. What about you, Kenzie? Uh, yeah, uh, I I really like this film. I didn't expect to. Uh, of course, I now know that I'm a quite a big fan of James, a lot of James Wan's work. Um, so many things about this film I just really like to like the way it's filmed, the way it looks. At moments it looks very green a lot of times, which I thought was interesting. Uh, it's a random point, but it it does at times. Uh, the acting I thought was surprisingly good for a, for a film like this. You wouldn't expect it to be. A lot of horror films have very ropey kind of acting, and one for the most part, it's it's all fairly strong here. Uh, I like this, the mystery story, and as it comes together, it, it just works for me. I, I think it works for a lot of people as well. I just it's very strong. It keeps you kind of like interested in the film of what's going to happen and stuff like that. Um, I'll bring I'll bring up a random fact about the the famous quote. the The famous quote from the Saw films is. I want to play a game which is actually incorrect it's not even though that's what everyone says that is not what the quote from the film is it's actually I want to play a game not want to play a game it's not a question it's actually Jigsaw himself saying he wants to play it that's just a random point that I just wanted to bring up uh, but actually so yeah back to it I really like this film it's the strongest Saw film, easily. The Saw films just get worse and worse from there on out to the, to the point they're getting really bad. I don't know about the, the newer ones. I still, to, I, need to, I still need to check out the rest of the Saw films because I said I would. But overall, I really like this film and I think it's really strong. And on a rewatch, I still feel like it's really strong and it was still really interesting in the film. And it's good to see other parts I've forgotten about the film again. And it's just good to see James Wan's directing. I just really like it. And I think he gets better and better with each film. Um... Yeah, the way his films look are always great, especially look at his, in some of his newer ones, like Malignant. The way that film's like shot is fantastic. He's just great with things like that. So yeah, my I'm gonna give this a four. I I I do really like this film. Yeah, I do agree with Jonathan a little bit. The ending is a bit somewhat shitty, but it's, I don't think it's anywhere as near as bad as he thinks it is. I I'm happy with the ending. I just forget about the other films really when I think about the first soft film because it's just so strong by itself. So yeah, I'll give this a four. Well, there you have it, folks. That is it for this episode of Cult Film Cafe Does Halloween. So yeah, I give it. I gave Saw a strong three. Kenzie gave it a even stronger four. So yeah, if you would like to get in touch with us. You can find us on Instagram at Cult Film Cafe. You can search for us on YouTube just by searching Cult Film Cafe. Go over there, give us a follow and a subscribe and sort of watch or listen to, so to speak, previous episodes. Yeah, and you can find the podcast on all major streaming platforms. And if you would like to email us, you can email thecultfilmpodcast at gmail.com. Yeah, so that is it for another episode. It is a goodbye from me. And it is a goodbye from me. Game over. Podcast over. <laughs>